to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. How are you this week, Becky? I'm okay. Fantastic. So here we are at Insurance Happy Hour and someone stole our name. I know. We we should we need to what like trademark that or something? Yeah, we should can we trademark a, a podcast? <laughs> I think name? we can, but maybe we should uh, go send a cease and desist. Well, like, your insurance happy hour is not as cool as ours. Maybe we can allow them the use of insurance happy hour as long as they play the podcast during it. <laughs> With yeah, there is no reproduction of insurance happy hour without the explicit written consent of Laird and Becky. Or we can we can split together a highlight reel. Yes. <laughs> Some of our favorite moments. <laughs> to which there are a few. Uh, yeah, it would fill 15 seconds of air. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm maybe a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe just, just a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so here we are sitting at Insurance Happy Hour having ourselves a couple drinks. And I was thinking about something I had previously said. You've said a lot, so would you like to be more specific? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Is that I, I play that game whenever I, I spoke about a game, whenever I go to like a sporting event and I check out all the different insurance ads and all of that. Yeah. However, I have now come up with a new game. Whenever you are sitting at a bar, you do a shot every single time you see an insurance commercial. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you would be... One pl- commercial break and you would be I, like... You would have Done. three in one commercial break. And where it was really just hit me in the in the face is that I was at Buffalo Wild Wings having myself a um, a drink, a beverage, mm-hmm. as, as we are here now. And hmm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching TV. And I'm, re- I'm you know, I'm not a sports person. So, yeah. but you know, it's on, things are happening, pretty colors, lights, and all that. So it grabs my attention for a little bit. And the, uh, there's a insurance zebra commercial, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, I, I know those guys. You yeah. know, I've, 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 I've seen them. I've talked to them. So let me see the commercial. Watch the commercial. Good commercial. Then right after that was a Compare.com commercial, back to back. Wow. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> the the disruption on this commercial break is strong. Yeah. And I was. Going, okay, well, that's cool. And I'm, I'm starting to tweet about it. I'm like going, well, I just saw a Zebra commercial and a Compare.com commercial back to back. And then the actual program started. And no shit. You know who sponsored it? Geico. Progressive. Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> the other major insurance advertiser. And then I got to look at Flo's face the entire show at that point because she's in the lower left-hand corner going, hey, I'm Flo. <laughs> brought to you by Flo. That, oh, my gosh. That's so if if the program is sponsored by an insurance company, mm-hmm. what is that like three shots? Yeah, I, it, it, exactly. You got to take a shot every single time they come back from a commercial break. It's it just, <laughs> you would be obliterated in thirty seconds. I don't know if I want to play that game. I don't think my liver could handle it. Oh, we'd have to tone it down. We'd have to start doing shots of beer or something, and then it would become like the Century Club. So have have you ever been or done the uh, Century Club? No. You know what it is? I don't think so. It is one shot of beer every minute for 100 minutes. Yeah, no, I have not done that. Okay, but I mean, if you think about it, 100 shots of beer is 100 ounces. So, and you have an hour and 40 minutes to do, what is the math on that? Six, seven beers? Eight beers? Almost? That's Eight. still a lot. Little, it, it is a lot. It's not easy. 
I mean, maybe if it was, you know, water beer. Oh, <laughs> chick beer? Yeah. Or, or, or what you call for what I drink, chick beer? Yeah. You, you, you do drink a chick beer. I, well, I'm, I'm watching my girlish yeah, figure. Yeah, I know. So, I know. There you it's go. low carb. I get it. Got it. But, um, yeah, so you do 100 shots of beer in uh, 100 minutes. So I, I am a Century Club member. I'm actually a double Century Club member. Congratulations. Yes. Um, I was at a party, and I remember my friend John was decided to – oh, it was uh, someone else, actually. They decided – they were like, hey, let's do the Century Club. And I'm like, drinking game? I can do this. So we started out with this with this drinking game. I got about – 94 minutes in, so 94 shots of beer. And John, my friend from high school, walks in and goes, hey, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, we're doing the Century Club. And on the next shot, the person I was doing it with didn't win. Let's just say that. (laughs) Did not make it. Was having problems uh, continuing. And it's really not the amount of alcohol that you drink. It's more about the gas. So you can't get that, that, you know, up. Yeah. And so they, uh, so John goes, well, I want to do it. And I'm like, listen, I am five shots away from being done with this. And then I did it back to back. (laughs) Needless to say, I stopped drinking after that. Oh yeah. You have to. Yep. But, uh, yeah. All right. Done talking about drinking games. What are you doing over there? Working? Yeah. Sorry. People (laughs) keep trying to call me and message me and I have to. You know, I put it on Do Not Disturb. I know. No. But, uh, yeah. Was there any drinking games you like to do back in your debauchery days? My debauchery days? Not really. No. Could you imagine going to an kind inter- of boring. <laughs> <laughs> Still are. Um, oh. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, I do have to share this with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, what did he say to tell you? Oh, you're looking old. Oh. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what, what, so, who told me this? <laughs> uh, you look much older than 42. That's what he said. Sorry. Oh, who the hell is saying this shit? <laughs> Our good friend Matt Aaron at Insurance Agent. Uh, oh, thank God. Well, you know, if I shave the beard, I go the other way. Like, I go, like, really young looking. <laughs> he wanted me to share that with you, and I said, oh, I will. Oh. And I'll enjoy it. Fantastic. I'm... You know, with friends like this, yeah. but no, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with my age. I'm gracefully well, aging. He, he was so funny. He was like, "Well, you know, somebody once to- told me diplomacy at all times," and I laughed. I was like, "That's not me, Luke." <laughs> but he was like, he just goes flat out. I thought maybe like someone saw our latest video series uh, that we're doing, and I, I mean, all I see is that flapping double chin of mine. <laughs> And I'm like, screw it. You didn't, you didn't say, I mean, I, you know, we saw him recently, so that may have been what, but, you know, he didn't say from at what point. Oh, man, it's getting warm in here already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting toasty. Yeah, the, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, trying to lose weight because, man, those videos, they, I just looked at those videos and I'm like, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not going to happen again. <laughs> All right. So it's, now that everybody said, um, you know, old and um, could you imagine switching back to our topics? Because we rabbit trailed yet again. Could you imagine going to a insurance convention and then start doing like beer games? Oh, man. I mean, because we've been to we went to one show where they were doing. 
um, it wasn't really an industry event, but they were doing different kind of like bar games like they did the ladder, you know, the ladder toss. Yeah. And then uh, cornhole. What was yep. the other ones that they did? Bowling, I think they did. Um, oh, toss the balls in the buckets. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The bucket toss. And so, you know, that was really, you know, they did kind of like bar games, but they did it. It was like massive um, beer pong, but it, nobody was actually, it wasn't part of a drinking game. Yeah. I think that'd be fun to do in an industry event is like actually have full on. Like they were like yard games. Mm-hmm. Yes. The yard games that, um, uh, you know, you played at frat barbecues, ho- frat houses, frat and- houses. <laughs> <laughs> sure. frat houses in college. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. All right. What do you got for us today? So I have a few things. Mm-hmm. That I thought I would let you pick. Oh, so I get a choice? Yes. All right. All right. So first is an article from Coverager where they talk about Geico's advertising strategy. Okay. Maybe. Well, I'll put this in the maybe category because we were just talking, you know, they came up in our previous segment. Right. right. We were talking about the, the drinking spend, game. Yeah. Spend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the, an article from, uh, what's this one from? Dig in about how digital will make consumers more satisfied with insurance. Okay. Or the great millennial shift from insurance thought leadership. Hmm. Well, you know, we've done quite a few episodes on millennials. We get good ratings whenever we actually do millennial episodes. Mm -hmm. Some of our highest listened episodes. But also I get called out for not liking millennials when I really do. (laughs) Yeah, that. I did see that actually. <laughs> yeah, all right, so we'll skip that today. Okay. So we, we've talked enough about millennials. So we'll skip that. Now we got we'll two save that more for here. another week, maybe. Yeah, I really liked our chip episode. Like I, I loved last week's episode where, where we spent right? ten minutes talking about chips. <laughs> sure it was like when do we get to the insurance or maybe they don't like the insurance part and they like yeah well it's a, the, maybe maybe i'm just getting tired of insurance and i'm like let's talk about chips for an hour <laughs> why not i liked it it was a good episode it was fun yeah but uh all right so we have the geico one and we have the digital transformation of insurance let's let's uh, dive into the geico one the geico sure let's tune in next week and you might it. hear the digital one tune in in three weeks and so this is actually from about, nothing. Uh, about a month ago. Okay. I was catching up with my email because with some travel that I've had and just the various amount of huge to-do lists that I've got, I have been getting behind in my reading. So I was catching up on my reading and I came across this and I thought it was interesting. Um, it starts off talking about McDonald's. Make it ease. Yeah. What's your favorite thing? Make it ease. Oh God. I don't, it's been a long time since I've eaten at McDonald's. <laughs> It's actually gotten really good. Has it? I mean, yeah. it's been my husband. They're trying. My husband hates McDonald's and refuses to go there. So even chicken nuggets. Yeah. Mm, dip those things in honey. Yeah. I know that's like a weird thing, but yeah. Yeah, you could. Have, you remember Grandy's? Mm-hmm. I used to take their biscuits and dip them in honey. Well, biscuits and honey. Not biscuits. Not was it biscuits or rolls? Rolls. rolls. Yeah. It was rolls. Yeah. Sorry, no, another rabbit trail. But rolls and biscuits <laughs> are just butter and honey delivery systems. So true. All right, so McDonald's. Let's start off okay, with McDonald's. So How did this McDonald's. start off with McDonald's end up at Geico? Okay, so they're talking because McDonald's is frying geckos. <laughs> no, they're talking about how companies have to change their models mm-hmm. according to what consumers want. Right? McDonald's is actually really good at it. Yes, 
um, but also kind of their customer acquisition costs, like the money that they spend to advertise to bring in the revenue into in the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it kind of laid it off. And so the big story here isn't big data. It's um, it's that people are visiting McDonald's less often, right? Partly because they have greater competition. They used to own breakfast, mm-hmm. right? No longer. Taco Bell now offers breakfast. You can get breakfast from Starbucks. You can get breakfast from a number of places. So Yeah, but they don't have the sausage egg McMuffin. No, or those McGriddles, which... <laughs> They're disgustingly gross, but awesome. They're amazing. <laughs> you, go, you go through it, you're like... I mean, that's like shameful corner eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like no one can see me eating this. You're in the corner <laughs> crying. It's so, so good. This is my secret. Like, I, I, I stay. Yeah, I stay away from those for those exact reasons because yeah. I feel bad eating them. I used to eat them a lot, but not. Yeah. And it's it's been a long time. Um, and then it also talks about how they have a partnership with Uber Eats, right? Yep. But that actually does not that costs them a lot more money than it brings in because they are they su- they uh, they have to give the some of yeah. the revenue to Correct. Uber for offering that service. But if they don't. They don't get anything because those consumers are going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. that does, right? So yep. they really feel like they have no choice. So um, talked about how they acquired uh, a company called Dynamic Yield for digital menu boards, right? So just talking about how they're, they're trying to adjust and, and provide service and convenience to consumers in the way that they, that they demand it, essentially, because consumers are demanding it. It's just consumers driving all of this change. That is correct. Um, so, and they say the price, and this is where they, they pivot from the article from McDonald's into insurance. The price <laughs> McDonald's pays to be on Uber Eats is equivalent to the price insurance or insurers pay for going online. In other words, for being convenient. Okay. I, I could see that, that there, there's a cost of actually being online. Yes. Yes. Yes, providing that online, providing the service online. I don't see. I mean, I I understand it does cost more, but also I don't see that correlation that they they drew there. Is that that's almost a cost of doing business these days? Is you have to be online. They would expect you to be online and all that. Right. I, I guess it's kind of correlated in that that you you know people expect McDonald's to be available via some delivery app. Oh, I can see it. Okay, continue. Right. But so then they then they switched to Geico, right? Who has pioneered their words, not mine. It's almost like they had a thesis that they wanted to start with. Yeah, and they, they shoehorned it in. Pretty much, um, the Geico pioneered again. That's their word, not mine. Selling insurance directly to consumers. They're, they're, they were one of the pioneers. One. There's a lot right. of pioneers that headed west on the uh, on, on, on the, the Oregon Trail, on the D D to C train. Yeah, no, on the Oregon Trail. Where they died oh. of dysentery. Oh, we're talking about that. I okay. always died of dysentery. I never played that game. I don't remember. If I did, I don't remember. Oh, my. It did not stick in my head. I played that thing on the Commodore 64 and the Apple IIe. I may have just been I was not into video games. And it's – oh, my God. It, it's it's one of the first things that people played on, on computers. It's like one of the well, first I, games. I know that, but I don't remember ever playing it. Yeah, because you, you were not alive whenever I was playing it. I grew up in the 80s. Thank you very much. <laughs> Right. Anyway, um, so then they, they included this. You started the episode of calling me old. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, they have this quote from Warren Buffett, right, who, who 
founder or whatever, Geico, from 2005. Berkshire Hathaway. Yes. Okay, which is? Yes. Um, another way to prosper in a commodity-type business is to be the low-cost operator. Among auto insurers operating on a broad scale, Geico holds that cherished, cherished title. Originally, Geico mailed its low-cost message, mailed, to a limited audience of government employees. Later, it widened its horizons and shifted its marketing emphasis to the phone, working inquiries that came from broadcast and print advertising. And today, the internet is coming on strong. That was 2005, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. 2005, which you would feel like, okay, that's A, not that long ago, and B, you were just then getting on the the internet? Yeah, that was was seven years later than InsWeb and a few years later after Progressive really, you know, kind of jumped in. Right. So, you know, Obviously, a lot has changed mm-hmm. in the 14 years since then. Everybody has to be online. Correct. Now, right? The internet is more costly than ever due to many things. One being cybersecurity. You have to have uh, you know, structure in place to try to keep that data because insurance right, has a lot of PII in it. Um, and if you're putting that through a website, you got to make sure you're protecting that accordingly. Um, but in a, in a 2013... Geico spent about $6 for every $100 it collected in premiums. That's is this online advertising or total Just says advertising. Okay. So it, it, that would be collectively all. Okay. Yeah. So they spent $1.2 billion, billion with yep. a B, in yep. 2013. Yep. Okay. So yes, that is all their spend. That is not just online. Yeah. That's not just online. I've used that metric before, so I know, but I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have this graph in here, which I found to be very interesting, how their ad budget has increased from 2004 to 2018. And the numbers are really tiny. So I got, hold on, I got, because I'm getting old, look at it very closely. <laughs> pull out your cell phone. Have you done that? Where you pull out your cell phone and use the camera to use it as a suit. Okay. So in 2004, they spent $290 million. Mm-hmm. And it says in 2018, they spent $1.5 billion. So in the five years from 2013 from that report, they only increased it, what, $200, $300 uh, million. Okay, so what was, the, what was the ratio? The ratio is probably more important here. Well, here's, here's, the, here's the comparison, right? So the ad budget jumped from $290 million to $1.5 billion in 14 years. Mm-hmm. But their policy sold stayed about the same. New policy sold. This is new policy sold, uh-huh. not renewals. Yep. Okay. They did. They did six hundred thirty-five thousand in two thousand four in new policies, and five hundred forty thousand last year. Okay. You said in twenty thirteen or what? Whatever it was one point two. They were at six dollars per hundred thousand dollars in premium, or hundred dollars in premium. Yeah. Right. So, so they're probably what floating? Does it to give the the now number? Probably floating about ten dollars per hundred. So it didn't give a now okay. number, but that that yeah, that's probably around there. But I think the point here is it is hard to get new business. Yeah, and it's just the landscape and the competitiveness, as as we spoke about earlier. That every commercial break, it's Liberty, Progressive, Geico, State Farm, Allstate, Farmers. They are just having to pump billions of dollars into advertising. And they're competing with all of them now. And those, those costs of acquisitions are absolutely going up. And I wonder where the ceiling is. Yeah. Because, um, and, and I think that that might be where, where Geico is kind of like raising the flag is like, I think we're at the ceiling because now our cost of acquisitions are going up so much on these 
and we're we're seeing a steady state in the market. Yeah. Now, you know what that what that does is that that bodes well for independent agents and smaller agents and brokers. Yes. Because what that does is that opens up the opportunity that there is a cap. And whenever there are people that are looking locally or lo- looking for more broad offering that, you know, I know Geico can do renters now, Wee! but whenever they're looking for more yeah, commercial umbrella, RV, motorcycle, everything under one place, there's no real direct writer that can offer that. I know progressive is working hard at it. However, no one can really offer the whole, whole gamut under one roof. And economically under own roof, because I know like State Farm, they are not very competitive on RV, you know, and I, I know that like uh, Liberty is not competitive on auto, you know, at, at, at any given moment. So it gives an opening mm-hmm. because they're like going, okay, there's a point where we are spending the amount of money that we think will give us the best return. And then that says, okay, we're at a steady state in the market. Independent agents and brokers can now jump in and put money into it, into their advertising, into their marketing, into their technology to actually grow that and have a, take a piece of that, that market that is still always going to be there because the market is the same. Really, you know, we're growing. I mean, this, this market is growing. Number of cars continue to grow. Number of drivers continue to grow. You've got, uh, you know, everything in this market will continue to grow. And the, but the, the other side of this is that the premiums have not paced with the cost of increase of advertising. Right. That's the other part of this. Yeah. With everybody wanting to advertise and they're wanting to get that, that mind share and everybody's staring at TVs like all the time. Like I can't stand going to restaurants now, like even restaurants, like even nice restaurants, um, like uh, Del Frisco's mm. have TVs in the main dining room. And you're like, I didn't come to Del Frisco's to watch TV, you know? Yeah. So I, I see this as an opportunity. I see this as a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think anybody's going to be able to outspend Geico. No, but there's no right? need to. No, and then exactly the point. You don't have to. You just have to make sure you are are convenient as as convenient as Geico, and uh, offering more options as an independent agent, right? And and just doing everything that you can to be, this, again, this not today's topic, but digital, making it convenient mm-hmm. and providing the service that consumers, again, demand because that is what consumers want. They want convenience on their terms. And their schedule, yeah. Yes. If I want to, as a consumer, be able to, you know, change a, a policy, I want to be able to go onto my, my agent's website and make a change there. Or their app. Or their app. Yes, Matt, Aaron, have you called my agent yet? Poke, poke. <laughs> or their app to make a change in my policy and have it be effective right then rather than having to wait until nine o'clock the next morning where you, the agent then has to call me and send me something that I have to print out and sign and fax or scan and send back an email that's, that's too much. You know, that's an interesting point, too, is that by having those self-service solutions, and if they're truly end-to-end self-service, that they can actually self-service their, themselves um, with with the process of 
you know, changing policy, adding vehicles, whatever it is, it actually can help decrease E&O claims. Mm-hmm. You know, we know as, as agents and in this market that if someone calls you and everybody, every single time you, you hear the uh, voicemail, it's like, you know, coverage could not be bound or uh, by leaving voicemail until you have heard from your agents. Yes, they say that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. If they forget, it opens the door. However, all, all the time, someone jumps in and they say, well, I called and left a message or I slipped a payment under your door. I'm not kidding you. I know an agency. They said, yeah, just stop by and drop off payment. Well, the person dropped off, like, so they were just like, yeah, come in and make payment. And you'll, we'll renew your policy when we receive your payment. That was just the verbal, you know, it's kind of friendly. Just yeah. like, hey, come on in. Well, that person came in at some unknown hour and dropped off the check, slid under the door. Mm. And that same night, I think their house burned down. Okay. Now, I don't know if it was arson or if it was just sheer luck or whatever. However, you know, they the agency did not have to claim it against their E&O. They fought it. They went through the whole process and all that, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. However, they had to go through the hassle of it. Yeah. And so whenever we're talking about that they spend all this money on advertising and agents get people in the door, they get people in the door to come, you know, be clients. They still need to offer that additional service to give them the ability to make sure they're not only protecting the consumer that's buying things from them, but also protecting the agency themselves. Well, going back to to the convenience, right, and making sure that that we're keeping that in mind. Why can't you just take the payment over the phone? Why are you not set up to take a payment over the phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that would have solved that problem right there. Taking the payment right then there instead of making that cu- customer drive to your office, drop off a check that you're then going to have to go to the bank and deposit and yeah and then do a agency sweep. I mean just it's it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Giving giving the agents, the consumers, the carriers all the options to transact business effective immediately is is the best way that we need to do it. It just again, I think that I think that people are getting on the train when it comes to embracing technology yeah still think they suck at marketing yeah i I, there there are exceptions there are exceptions there's always exceptions but yeah but i I mean i am hypersensitive to agencies like i you know I, i was speaking to somebody and they were trying to get me to switch agents and they were like well, name names and all that, but they were really, really pushy. And it was like their referral network. You know, like I could see the referral network happening underneath. And I'm like, uh, you know, really, I don't need it. I've already got an agent. I'm happy. In fact, it's one of my customers, <laughs> you know, all this, you're trying to sell me someone who is not my customer, which I don't do business with my non-customers. You know, that that's, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit there and just do business with someone that is not one of my customers. Yep. But it, it was just this really odd, pushy kind of sales pitch. And I'm like, this is not how we want to do things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So. Anything else on that story? Um, let's see. Okay. So, this last little bit is maybe just a little more food for thought than a talking point. But in 2015, 10 insurance brands controlled about 45% of the PNC market. Mm-hmm. That's down to nine now. They went from ten to nine. Yeah. So 
What was that through consolidation? They don't say just at that. Um, and then their, their kind of final thought was too soon to call this a trend. But when you've spotted a trend, you're already late to the game. Right. So what does that mean? Maybe nothing, but it also could just mean with the increased competition, there's not going to be a, a lot of market share with a few anymore. It's going to be split among, you know, your traditional insurers as well as some of these startups that are coming along. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times the insurance industry is so hyper-focused on auto. Yeah. And well, I look, it's the easy play. It, right? it is, but it's, it's something that, frankly, everybody in the U.S., when I say everybody, I'm... Anybody with a car? Yeah, anybody with a car. Not only has to have it, they legally have to have it, and they can get tickets and thrown in jail if they don't have it. Right. Now, some drive without it, of course. It's the one thing. You know, you can oh, you can be in a house and not have homeowner's insurance. There's no law that says you have to have homeowner's insurance. I don't know what mortgage lender would give you a mortgage If you paid off your house. No, that's true. Okay, so if you don't know a thing on your house... And what about people who rent? You know, that's well. That's they, not required unless your your landlord requires it. Exactly. And so the you know commercial insurance. I mean, can you? I could name billions of contractors I've asked for their you know certificate of liability. Like, oh, I don't have one. I'm like, all right, well, dude, I can't, <laughs> I can't, can't hire you if you don't have one of those. But that happens all the time. It's like people operate all the time without those things, but they're forced to have auto insurance. Well, where I'm going with this, I think, if I can get my brain You have back a point? To, I have a point. <laughs> okay. Somewhere? I know exactly where it is. I'm just having fun with it. Okay. Is that the market continues to grow and the pie is generally a third, a third, a third. It's got a third of the direct riders. Mm-hmm. A third is the standard preferred independent market. And a third is the high risk market. And that high-risk market is the one that continues to grow. Yeah. And often, I think that it's one of those things that we should – some people are so adverse to you doing the high-risk, non-standard market. But people like Progressive aren't. There's a lot of people that do extremely well in that market, and they see that it's growing, and it's almost like the blue ocean. You know, they might think that it's the, the red ocean, and, you know, they shouldn't be there because it's so hard. Yeah. But it's actually the blue ocean because it is so hard. Yeah. And the red ocean is the standard and preferreds fighting the directs, which they're having billions and billions of bucks that are fighting it. So when I talk to agencies and they're just like, well, we're going to move out of personal lines. We're just going to go to commercial because we see more opportunity there. Maybe they should revisit the rest of the market and see where things are. Because going back to, if you can scroll back up to Warren Buffett's point that he said in 2005, mm-hmm. what does he say? Basically, in order to prosper in a commodity business and commodity industry you have to be the low cost operator yep and that's you know something that i've maintained and i've spoke about and written about is that agents and brokers all the time just tout value 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 they they want to sell this idea of value however i believe that insurance has become in the auto market has been become a bit of a commodity 
And Warren Buffett was sitting there saying it in 2005. And as people just start putting more and more money into it and trying to grab more of that share, and then all of a sudden that low-hanging fruit is no longer there, then you've got to be rooting up the tree, right? the harder harder grabs. Well, I mean, I think think about Geico itself, right? They advertise, you know, call us and you could say 15% or, or more in 15 minutes or less, right? Correct. Could they hit the two value propositions quick in savings? Well, that's my point, right? They market on price, but sell on value. So they upsell oh, once you come in the door. So they're not the cheapest, actually. Absolutely, they do. They, they, If you ever call, and I know you can get a bad rep and all that, and it doesn't go that way. I've called Geico. I've called Progressive. I've called Direct Riders. I've got, I've got I almost buy insurance policies weekly. <laughs> Because <laughs> I want to know, I'm, but I, I got to think about it. <laughs> you know, I see you've called in 16 times this year. I'm still thinking about it. I really think about these things. And they try to upsell you. Mm. They ask you questions. They ask the right questions. They ask how how you know what I'm covering, what my life looks like, and all that. And they absolutely ask the right questions. And they do try to upsell you. In the end, though. As long as the coverage is sound, right. that you know you're not driving a you're not driving a Ferrari and putting state minimum limits on it, no co- you know no cover or uh, no comp, no collision, stuff like that. Yeah, they, yeah. they'll sell it to you. They okay. don't want to. And agents need to be, you know, marketing on price but selling the value. Yeah, and their value goes above and beyond, and that's. You can market on price all the time. I mean, and it works. People get people in the door all the time. What what the hell is a doorbuster? You know, yes, I know we're in the insurance industry and we can't offer, di- we can't, you know, discount. Right. But the doorbusters are exactly that. It gets people into the door on price and then they hope that they shop some more. You know, they're, they're looking for the cross sell. They're looking for same store sales, all that types of things. But what they did is they market on price. They get people in the door and they say, hey... There's, it's a valuable to be here with all the stuff that I need to shop for for Christmas or Easter or um, Mother's Day. Mother's Day, yeah. <laughs> That's coming up. It is. It is. Just another Hallmark holiday. Hey, I like Mother's Day. It's my I, day. Do you take it off or do you do you spend it Are with you your kids? Kidding? Mothers don't get the day off. No, I think they should. I think I think the Mother's Day is, is like the Mother's Day away. Like they go off and they do the spa, they you know, they, they go read a book, you know, buy on a patio, have a couple drinks and all that type of stuff. Meanwhile, dad sits back and, you know, gets to deal with the hell that uh, moms <laughs> deal with all the time. No? I go. I, I like a mix. Like I like to have some time to myself, but then also spend the day with my kids. I mean, that's the reason why I'm getting celebrated that day. Is my I kids. love you, kids. Give me hugs. Don't go away. Mommy <laughs> needs her alone time with a bottle of wine. Bourbon. <laughs> so value price. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. All of that jazz. Yep. Dear listeners, what do you think about Geico and not just Geico, I guess just the challenge of getting new business because Geico is not the only one with this challenge, right? Correct. Um, how, how is that looking for you? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. Or you can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. 
Or you can tweet with... McGriddles are yummy. <laughs> I'll go with it. Let's do it. All right. Well, it's been fun, as always. Thanks for listening. No, you cannot hear what I just cut out. (laughs) So don't ask.